0: Welcome to the week 11 edition of the News and Records HS Extra Football Pep Talk Podcast. I am Joe Serrera and I am joined as usual by... Spencer Turkin. And we are here to talk football. I know that the football game that everybody wants to talk about is number one Dudley at number two page on Friday night. And believe me, we are going to talk about that, but we want to knock off a few other key games this week first. And we're going to start with Eastern Alamance at... One of the two teams that's tied for the number three spot in our poll this week, Eastern Guilford. Eastern Guilford coming off of a big win at Western Alamance, 31-26, preserved by a Bryant-Barr interception with 26.8 seconds to go. A pick one-handed in the end zone, huge play. And he had a great game overall. But this week, uh, the Wildcats come home and they play Eastern Alamance. And if Eastern Guilford wins this game, they win the Mid-State 3A Conference. They are 9-0 and for the first time in the school's history. Uh, this is their best season by far since the 1981 state championship uh, season. You saw them a few weeks ago against William Spencer. What, what's your take on Easter? Uh,
1: they are a balanced ball club. Uh, and when I say that, they throw okay, they, pat, they they run okay, they play very solid defense. There are no superstars on this ball club. Yep. This is a team and it's it's a lot of fun to watch these guys every night it's someone different mm-hmm. and last week it was Brian Barr mm-hmm. uh, this week who knows who it's going to be yeah. but when you look at this ball club uh, they've got a coach who in Doug Robertson who's not a very me guy he's a he's a wee guy and his team takes after him and yep. it's
0: showing yeah and you know that was a huge win for them on the road uh, you know that he's said each week when you're good the games get bigger and bigger and this, this is the biggest game that they're going to have before the playoffs. And like I say, if they if they win this game, they could even lose to Rockingham County in, in Week 12. And they would still win the conference because they would have tiebreakers on Western Alamance and Eastern Alamance. And I don't see them losing to Rockingham County. Yeah, yeah. No, no disrespect to Mike Jebby's team, but that that's not the kind of letdown this team is going to have. This is not a letdown team.
1: No, and, and if that happens... Uh... Eastern Guilford will not deserve the playoff spot that they that they will receive but this that won't happen though no no
0: they they that is not this kind of team next game we want to talk about another team playing for a conference championship our number six team this week Southern Guilford which is eight and two this is their last regular season game you know we talk about teams flying under the radar they certainly have they lost too early and they've been playing pretty good ball since they are home against Ledford Another winner-take-all conference game. If Ledford wins, they win the Mid Piedmont 3A. If Southern Guilford wins, they win the Mid Piedmont 3A. And you know the job that Earl Bates has done coming down from Moorhead, where he had a great playoff run last year, to take over Daryl Brown's program and kind of reshaped things as the season went on. They've switched quarterbacks. They've had some injuries. They play defense. Both of these teams, Southern Guilford and Ledford both, are very good defensive teams. It's likely to be a low-scoring game. And, you know, just a huge game for Southern Guilford. And a great job by that program.
1: Yeah, it'll be a huge game for Southern Guilford, but uh, let's talk about what happens after for Southern Guilford for a second. Because I don't know if there is even another coach in the country that could help Earl Bates out with this one. They're not going to play again till November 18th after right. this week. Yeah. What do you do for 3 weeks? Yeah.
0: Williams in in Burlington if if the Bulldogs make the playoffs and they've been they've been struggling a bit lately and it's far from a certainty, but they are in the same position schools that are in conferences that have an odd number of teams the last week of the regular season somebody is off and it happens to be Southern Guilford. It has been all 4 years of this realignment cycle. Same with Williams. You know, both of those teams could could be uh, sitting from the twenty eighth of October to the eighteenth of November. And as you say, h- how do you prepare? You're not allowed to scrimmage. Uh, you know, if, if there were to be a scrimmage, I don't know that anyone would uh, say anything about it. But uh, you know, you don't want to you don't want to scrimmage too hard and risk players getting hurt either. You do want to give your guys who are banged up a chance to get healthy. But how do you stay sharp for for three weeks? Uh, I think that. Like we
1: discussed last week that, you know, the the college basketball teams, they do their quote-unquote secret scrimmages where there's no box score produced and, you know, maybe a media member sneaks in just to see what's going on. Um, I think that's what we're going to see. And uh, look, you and I have not spoken to Earl Bates about that yet. We don't know what their plan is. But all I'm saying is that if I were Southern Guilford, I would make sure that there is a secret scrimmage taking place somewhere, somehow.
0: Yeah, you've, you've or at got, least
1: a seven on seven.
0: Yeah, you've got to keep your kids sharp, and you know it's it, it's a difficult situation. We talked at some length last week about the challenges presented by uh, Hurricane Matthew in the aftermath in the eastern part of the state, and and the NCHSA's decision. We we kind of voiced our opinion on that one, but it does put Southern Guilford in a very difficult position and Williams also. Last game we wanna talk about before, last appetizer before the, uh, the main course is number eight Northwest Guilford at number 10 Southwest Guilford. Uh, two teams that uh, it's getting late in, and they need to, to wake up if they're going to get into the playoffs and do some damage. Uh, Northwest uh, coming off of a difficult loss to Glenn, 47-45. Couple of games ago, Southwest Guilford lost to Glenn 50 to 42, you know, and that's put Glenn basically in the number two spot in the Piedmont Triad 4A behind East Forsyth, which looks like a lock to be the one seed there. That's who Southwest Guilford finishes with. So Southwest Guilford, I'm sorry, Northwest Guilford finishes with. Uh, Northwest Guilford really needs a win this week. They do not want to be going into the playoffs if they make it. And they probably would, but we don't know that for certain. They do not want to be going in on three straight losses. And this is a huge game for both teams. This is a
1: must-win ball game for both ball clubs. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll tell you what. I mean, the pressure's on. Glenn has kind of snuck up there. And even without Keir Meredith... Uh, for for a good chunk of the season due to baseball commitments. Yeah, he was and
0: at a USA Baseball event in Florida over the weekend, and uh, Dyson Razak had a phenomenal game. Stephon Brown, who got our mini helmet for just a, a monster game. And he's done that before early in the season against some soft teams, but doing it in a conference game like he did last week uh, against Northwest was evidence that he he's going to be a quarterback to watch next season.
1: Yeah, and uh, I, I really... Uh, I really think this is a must-win ballgame. I think
0: there's going to be a lot of pressure uh, on both these teams. Speaking of pressure, number one and number two in our poll this week, number one Dudley at number two page Friday night, Marion Kirby Stadium. Uh, Supposed to be nice weather, high 60s, low 70s. I would imagine that Marion Kirby Stadium will be rocking a little bit on Friday night. Uh, Marion Kirby Stadium will probably be sold out on
1: Friday night. I recommend you get there early uh no ticket pre-sales at this moment so get there early get your tickets get your popcorn and uh, find a place to park find a place to park and find a place to sit because it is going to be crowded and fans are into for a treat i mean we mentioned this when the shrine bowl rosters came out is not often that you get the shrine bowl quarterbacks matching up against each other in a regular season game Mm -hmm. and you have one in hendon hooker and Will Jones, who are both going to be featured in the paper later this week. Correct. Um, and uh, it's special. It is a special game, and uh, and we're doing a lot with it. Uh, there's going to be a ton of stuff up on greensboro.com, uh, a lot of pictures from both sides, uh, yeah, stories, do- Double video. coverage
0: with photographers. We are sending two, uh, Andrew Kretsch and Joe Rodriguez, two excellent photographers. All of our photographers at the News and Record are top-notch. Uh, They will both be there Friday, one will be shooting from a Page perspective, one will be shooting from a Dudley perspective, so whichever team you root for. And if you're just a fan of great high school football, there's going to be a lot of great images from those two photographers, they're both good and there will be a lot to see. We're going to do a Facebook Live, uh, Spencer and I talking about the game on Wednesday, uh, because this is the game that everybody's talking about. You know, let's, let's break it down a little bit. Dudley, when they have the ball, you mentioned Hendon Hooker, obviously, but there's more to Dudley than that on offense.
1: Uh, there certainly is. Dudley's a run first ball club.
0: Always, Whether Steven Davis is Hen- coach. Whether it's Hendon running, or Ezra Perkins,
1: or Zarek Rush-Foxworth, uh, they're running that football first. Mm-hmm. And then, if you even try and bring Aiton to the box, Hendon's going to go deep on you. He's going to flick his wrist, and the ball's going to go 45 yards down the field as if it was just on a little string, and it's going to drop right into one of his many targets that he has uh, out along the
0: outside. Thomas and, Young <laughs> or DJ Cross. Or, or, as or he John said, Zellis. John or, Zellis. I,
1: I mean, you name They're them. They're all big, fast, athletic And targets. good, and they don't drop passes. Right. And... This is just a solid ball club and on the offense. And it's a
0: pretty good offensive line, too. As yeah, big it is. And, it's, as, and as athletic as any around here.
1: I mean, you, you've got a few Division One kids on that offensive line, and, uh, and and they'll beat you up. I mean, they are coming after you. And uh, this is a big week. There's, there's a lot on the line for these guys. And I think Dudley wants to solidly uh, assure the rest of the state that they are indeed the number one team
0: in the state. And we're gonna find out this week if they are. When Paige has the ball on offense, You mentioned Will Jones, the other Shrine Bowl quarterback, and both of those guys were selected if either is playing for a state championship on December 17th. They will not be able to participate in the Shrine Bowl, and this Shrine Bowl apparently is already contacting alternates. I was told that by page coach Kevin Gillespie yesterday, who is going to be the offensive coordinator for uh, the North Carolina team in the game this year, provided he's available.
1: Well, and, and it's so interesting because both of these kids could play in state championships. Definitely and come out of the same conference because Dudley will go small four and Page will go big four. Um, And we could also lose two of our other Shrine Bowl competitors because East Forsyth appears like they are going to go small four this year. So, uh, I mean, we'll see how that all plays out. Let's not dive too deep into that just yet, but Mm -hmm. um, I just, I hope folks realize the magnitude of this quarterback matchup. you don't see this very often. Mm-hmm. This is a treat for everybody involved. Um, and, and you're witnessing, in my opinion, the best quarterback to come through here uh, since Todd Ellis.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's an exaggeration. And you know, in Page's Will Jones, you've got a kid with tremendous upside. 6'4", six, 6'5", six, six, over 200 pounds now. Great arm, uh, a smart quarterback. Not that uh, Hendon Hooker is obviously also two very smart quarterbacks. And Will Jones, we've talked about it before, does not get a lot of credit for his mobility and running ability, but he extends a lot of plays by moving around, and not just taking off, but moving around, resetting the pocket, finding his footing, looking downfield, resetting and making a good throw, making throws to receivers who know how to come back to to the ball, and he he can pick up some yardage in the the read option too. Look, they both, make throws
1: that when you go back and watch them on film you're like holy cow how did they do that and yeah. and we've spoken to both of them about this before and they even sometimes are like yeah I probably shouldn't have thrown it but it got there it's all good we made it so they do things because they're that freaky and they, because they have they have trust in their
0: receivers they have throw trust to in their receivers
1: they have trust in their ability and they have supreme confidence that they are going to get the job done. And and sometimes there's there's no reward if you don't take the risk. Right. Uh, these two will take some risks. They will reap the benefits of those risks. Risks, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when it comes time for Friday,
0: and I'm expecting a pretty good battle. Big question for Page and and for Will Jones and the offense. Uh, the status of running back Javon Leak. He he sprained an ankle against. Uh, Smith last Friday night Everybody in town is talking about that Is he going to play? Isn't he going to play? Don't know yet Uh, If he is unavailable or limited That's going to make things tougher On Will Jones and their offense They do have a couple of running backs Uh, Kevon Page Backup running back With a a great name for Page High School Played well in uh, Javon Leak's absence Friday night Uh, Micah Gafford A small back But a nice change of pace And a good receiver out of the backfield You know If If Dudley's defense, as good as that defense is, and it is very good, can make Page one-dimensional and force them to throw, that's gonna make it a lot tougher on on Will Jones. Obviously, a couple of coaches uh, in the past week who I've talked to say that, that they think Dudley's front seven is as good as any in the state, and that's comparing them to Mallard Creek and some other very, very strong teams. You've, you've seen them. Spencer, what do you think?
1: Uh, look, their defense is, is phenomenal, and this is a defense, though, that is a little different from years past mm-hmm. um, in that the Division One guys are in the secondary, mm-hmm. and the the team guys are up front. And usually for Steven Davis he's got one or two of each right. in each level each of level. the field. Yep. But his entire secondary is full of college football players. Um, and I think that that helps his front seven. Mm-hmm. It's just my opinion um, that teams know that they are going to have a very small window to get the football into when it comes to their receivers. Uh, and balls are flowing towards that front seven and the front seven is no joke and they're racking up tackles.
0: Yeah and when you talk about that secondary that secondary allows Dudley when they want to bring pressure to to just leave those guys on an island let them play man-to-man and when Dudley can bring five six or seven defenders at your offensive line they're going to they're going to get to your quarterback unless it is a a one or two one or three step and quick throw and even then those those defensive backs are going to be up in press coverage and they're going to make it very difficult for you. Page's defense uh, maybe not as good as last year they had some great guys on defense last year Elijah Diarasuba, Jeremy Level, who were both at Appalachian State You know, they they lost some guys off that defense, but there's still a lot of talent back there. Alan Teasdale is a very good player. Alex Gray is an excellent linebacker. Tyler DeBury, a small but very quick, strong, physical defensive lineman. Their defensive line is much smaller than Dudley's offensive line, but they get in three, four, five, six-man fronts. You don't know who's coming. And they're slanting, they're doing all kinds of different things that are disruptive that lead to big negative plays but also lead to some risk. It's a risk-reward defense.
1: You you can be small along the line if you're pulling offensive linemen down to the ground with you and giving the ability to the linebackers to see through the backfield and understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. But you have to do that quickly. And. There are only so many times that an offensive lineman is going to allow you to do that. Right after about the third or fourth time, someone's going to get angry and they're going to hit you across the face. Probably, uh, I mean <laughs> that it, never it's just, happens. It's just the way it is. And you know, in high school football, sometimes the illegal hands to the face gets called and sometimes it doesn't. So, uh, I, I mean, you do that at your own risk. It's right. kind of like throwing a cut block in the in the trenches as well. You can only throw so many before someone gets angry. Right. But at the same time, if you page. You're going to have to pull down those big yeah. offensive linemen because yeah. you have no
0: choice. Right, you have to let the linebackers see through to the next level. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much our, our assessment on that game. It's going to be a great game to watch. I'm looking forward to covering that. Uh, I know Spencer, you're not going to be able to be there because of other uh, work related responsibilities yes. for uh, Savannah State football. Correct? Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, I'll be down. Uh, I'll be down in Georgia, uh, Colin. Uh, their homecoming game is uh, it's also homecoming at Savannah State this week. As it uh, is at
0: A&T, as everyone in Greensboro knows. Yes. And uh, we'll know if they're trying to get anywhere Friday, Saturday, or, or Sunday morning. <laughs> leave
1: early. <laughs> That's right. Just leave early. The party started earlier this week here in town. It, it's, uh, and A&T does just such a great job with homecoming. Definitely. And the whole city really gets behind it. And, and this is just a small part of it. This football game this week is a nice treat for a lot of greensboro aggies mm-hmm. um who who are going to be out and and could see some future potential aggies i mean there yeah, there are definitely. some guys on these on these two teams page and dudley uh who are division one ball players and could play division fc you know division one fcs ball mm-hmm. um and and a and t is rolling and uh, arguably one of the top 15 or 10 FCS programs in the country right now. And, uh, you know, homecoming is going to be a lot of fun up here. And uh, this should be a nice little uh, appetizer meal for the homecoming game on
0: Saturday. Definitely. As Spencer mentioned, we have uh, feature stories coming from Spencer on Hendon Hooker, Dudley quarterback. I'm working on a story on Will Jones, the Page quarterback. We'll have uh, some scattering reports from uh, high school coaches in the area who've gone against one or both teams this year talking Uh, Off the record, we don't want to create any ill feelings, but we appreciate their honesty in evaluating both teams. We're going to have our predictions in Friday's uh, News & Record Print Edition. They will go up at uh, 4 o'clock or so on Thursday if you want to get a preview of that at HSExtra.com. And those are the two places to turn to for high school sports news in Guilford County in the area. HSExtra.com, our website, News & Record Print Edition. And you can follow us as always on Twitter, my handle is at Joe Serrera NR and Spencer and at Turkin 35 and don't
1: follow JP (laughs) Mundy
0: never ever